0: You're listening to a rock candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. How do you feel about the
1: word snot? How do I feel about the word snot? Yeah, I'm actually fine with it. I think it's good. I think it like yeah. sonically captures what it means. I think sure, it's a good but, representation. But okay, what does it mean? Uh, it means a mucus that comes out of the human head. That comes out of the human head. I so mean, it, it doesn't, doesn't it. have to come out. A mucus produced by the human head.
0: Okay. Maybe. So and the
1: respiratory system.
0: You feel okay. You you feel okay <laughs> with like yeah like if you're really sick. Sure. In your lungs, mm-hmm. your sinuses, yeah. they're kind of full of snot. Yeah. I think they're full of snot. Okay. Yeah. Do you not think they are? Um, that doesn't feel absolutely wrong. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> but it's a similar thing of like... <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you choose food, yeah, spit it out onto a plate. Oh, no. Okay. Uh-huh. Eat it again. No. What? Like, you can't... Like, that feels so gross, Yes, right? of course. Yeah. Because it hit air i
1: guess uh there's a whole i could talk i'm not going to go into it there's right. a whole s- social psychology experimentation thing sure. about this yeah it basically doesn't count as part of you anymore
0: right yes so that's gross uh, we, we had a friend Super gross. Uh, yeah. I, I doubt she listens to this sure but in high school she oh, used yeah. to talk about how she would break oreos yes. apart yeah and chew one side oh my and then god spit it and smear it out on the other side why do i remember that's that often. yeah because yeah. it's that's- traumatic <laughs> that's why you remember it yeah. That's that's real trauma. You are absolutely correct. Something, I hope she listens to this. Something in me feels like snot is once it's left. Okay. Yeah. Um and that, uh, that mucus is inside. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That I was mean, just uh, that was I'm a random thought sure, I had. Sure. I'm fine with that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We, cho- re- we chose to we chose to open our <laughs> episode during a pandemic <laughs> about snot. That's why um, I was thinking about that's it. That's why. Okay, good. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we get into this uh is as listeners know, and as you know, Joe. First of all, welcome to
0: the Common Creators podcast. I'm Will. I'm the doctor. This is uh, I'm I'm Joe and the Maestro, yeah. and this is what you get if you're a first time listener. <laughs> this is it. That's a great way to like. It's good. This now, is w- this is now who we you are. Get a, now you get a feel of it. No, I was going to say
1: as as you, <laughs> as we all know, we are dual production of DNN in Louisville, Kentucky, and also more recently Rock Candy podcasts. Rock Candy uh, uh, podcast out of. Asheville, north carolina and uh one of the flagship shows or two of the flagship shows actually from rock candy productions uh the the main one is eleventy life he's been doing a series he's the lead singer of a band called eleventy seven he's been doing a series where he breaks down the meanings of a lot of the songs on his newest record called uh his newest record basic, called glitches. basic glitches yeah glitches. which is which is a great, great. Man, it's, it's fantastic <laughs> uh but i i wanted to see if you had gotten to listen to the latest episode yet i haven't yet because no. he gives us a very sweet shout out at the beginning oh uh, it was so kind of him i was oh. listening because i was i was listening and here to- we are talking
0: about snot <laughs> I, <know. laughs>
1: I was listening to that series anyway it's a like they're they're broadcasting it through both eleventy uh eleventy life and also sacred tension which is another right. flagship show and so it's steven from sacred tension talking to matt about the meanings of all the songs and and the 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 creative process of the record and stuff and it's like four great episodes, so people should go listen to that. But he on the fourth episode, he gave us a really sweet uh, shout out, and he said that our podcast was great and would up your trivia game, which I never considered before. No, and I was like, you know, interesting, what? yeah. So yeah. that was very nice of him, and I just wanted to say thanks, Matt, for doing that. Yeah, thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. All right, what are we talking about today, Joe? What do we got? What do we got on the
0: docket? So um, <laughs> this is uh, one of the first episodes where we've actually had a listener yes. ask this us. This was to... a
1: suggestion. So was Golden Girls. Yeah, uh, so this is one of the first. I this said one... one of. Yeah, I know. I know. One of. I, was just point- I wasn't correcting you. I was just pointing it out. It, feel- it felt like um, a correction. Well, now you know. Don't get it wrong in the future. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this was requested by a friend of ours who's also a listener, his name is Steve, and and we're talking about a movie today that is one of his favorite movies. Yeah. Um, so
0: this is a movie that I've I've heard about for a long time. I'm not sure why I've never s- I hadn't seen it before. Oh, you hadn't seen it before this. Um. Okay. Do I love this movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, you do. I loved this movie. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. I I've I'd, I'd, I'd actually seen a scene of the movie. So there's a scene of the movie where there's a guy. Yeah. S- sitting on a toilet. Yes. And these two men walk in, they plug in a record player (laughs) and they start stomping around and singing a song to him while they dance. Hey Hey boy. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, that's weird. Yes. And then I watch the feature and I'm like, I feel like I could make anything right now. Like I feel like I could just dream up all of my favorite things into one thing and just make it yeah and that's exciting yes you know what i mean yes i agree i was a little bit i'm not gonna lie when Uh we got the we got
1: the message asking us to do this episode i was like and we have to do everyone we're at right yeah of course (laughs) but this was one where it was like okay i understand how we might do an episode about that so let's do it but i was not Excited about doing this. I got to be honest. I wasn't excited about doing the work to look into this to do it. I was like, I've seen part of the movie, I'll watch it again, whatever. And then I got continually more excited as I started looking into things. So I'm very happy that we ended up doing it. Same. But that's enough preface. We're talking about The American Astronaut. Yes. Which is a film. How would you categorize what? What <laughs> in Blockbuster in the nineteen nineties? Yeah. Where would you go to find a VHS of the American Astronaut, which never existed?
0: <laughs> you would go to. It would be a Venn diagram. Yeah. Of the the genres. Yeah. You would go to the B westerns. Yes. You would go to the surrealist science fictions. Yes, you would. And uh, the musical. Yes. So I think that's kind of what this is. I
1: found a quote, and this is just from an article that I thought pretty well encapsulated, it, which is a lot of what you just said. But it's a black and white comedy, Western, sci-fi, rockabilly, punk, surrealistic musical. Yes. And that's it.
0: That's, that's it.
1: It is that. It is all of those
0: things. Yeah. And it is wild. It's wild. So
1: it's in black and white. It's a, a, an independent film, I guess, I suppose.
0: Uh yeah, there's actually a really interesting uh story to how this came to be. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Um it's it's a little more broad stroke. It's not like a perfect yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. So this guy's names Corey Maccabee Yes. He's a uh musician. Yep. Plays in a band. Yep. And the band is uh what's the band called? What's the, band called? the band? is called uh the Billy Nair show. The Billy Nayer show. Yes. And uh the Billy Nair show composed the score. Wrote the musical elements of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the singer of that band. Yes. He's a songwriter. Yep. Performer. Yep. Uh, an artist. He's a he draws. Yes. A visual artist he, as well. And he's a, a writer, director, producer now. Yep. So all of those things are in this movie. Yes, yes, they there, are. There are elements where you have this this, this lead character who's flying around his spaceship. Mm-hmm. They cut to an exterior. Yes. And it's just this drawing yes. of a spaceship. They do not use any visual... Uh, like how do, how do I say this?
1: Any visual effects in terms of you don't see the spaceship move in any no. way. They there are a couple of scenes though where <clears throat> I'm not sure how they did. There it. are visual effects in the movie, but I mean for these or, exteriors of the spaceship. Yeah, right. A spaceship flying through space. You see literally painted frames. Yeah. Of a spaceship in you'll space, you'll see a
0: painted frame, and yes. if the if the ship is moving, it will fade to another painted to frame. Another painted to another frame. Fa- yeah. painted frame. Yeah, sort
1: of that like universal werewolf transformation style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing fades to the other, which completely works. It almost, works so yeah. well. And one thing about this movie that I'm sure we'll return to over the course of this conversation is that it's a I don't want to say masterclass, but it's it's a great example of using a small budget effectively. Absolutely choosing an aesthetic tone and choosing an aesthetic approach that yeah. works in a small budget yeah it never feels like it's trying to do anything it can't achieve right it's reach never exceeds yeah. its grasp
0: and it's also a masterclass in kind of a, mul- a multimedia yeah art piece that yeah. is a movie yes but all the things you think of it regarding a movie like yeah kind of realistic relatable characters who are doing only only do things that like are completely motivated within that world. Yeah. The plot makes sense. All of the, all of these things. <laughs> yeah, like this right. movie isn't about what happens. <laughs> no, it's not at all. completely about the experience of yes. Each scene and how it kind of makes you feel and, and, and the, the things that went into making it. It is
1: that makes so let me let me give a, a just a quick sort of rough sketch of plot insofar as it exists and matters. Before we
0: do that, okay. Um, let's let's talk just a minute. I don't yeah. even know if I have it in my notes correctly uh, about kind of how this came to be. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So he, he he made a short film, his first short film. He had been playing in a band for several years. This is Corey Maccabee Corey Maccabee, The yep. Billionaire Show. He made a short that was an animation. Yeah. And he actually got that into Sundance, which is like one of the more prestigious film festivals. Um, now, like, it's so easy to make a movie that mm-hmm. it's really difficult. It's yeah. to, to to premiere at Sundance, and sure. a lot of times you have to have like a big name actor. You have to have people attached that some reason doesn't, it doesn't feel know. independent like it used to. Yeah, but in 1992 it was a different game, and he made this really cool animated short mm-hmm. called Billy Nair. Yeah, and it got into Sundance. Yeah. Okay. Then he went on to do more short films. He Mm -hmm. did, uh, I don't even, I didn't even write down the names of them, but there were Mm -hmm. multiple short films. Yeah. And then in 1995, Uh he was invited back Mm. to Sundance to perform a live show to these shorts. Ah. So it was Sundance's first multimedia uh, experience there. Yeah um it wasn't just films right uh-huh and then in 1998 he wrote the screenplay to The American Astronaut mm-hmm. and he submitted it to the Sundance Screenwriters Lab okay which is also a thing where if you get your s- screenplay yeah. into that you place like that means something people know. are interested in making your movie <clears throat> yeah yeah um and not 3 years later it the American Astronaut, his first feature was premiering at Sundance. Nice. So that's the story that led him there. So it's like to today's standards, Sundance is like, a. if you were gotten to Sundance, that's like you're catching lightning in a bottle at this point. Yeah. So like his journey to get this movie made and it to be 2020 now, like Mm -hmm. 19 years after the release of this. And Mm -hmm. many people don't know that this movie even exists. Yeah. But the people who do, including me now, love it. Yes. Okay. So now let's talk about, the movie okay sure a rough plot like you were you rough were going. plot
1: i mean there's really not i don't i don't want to get too in the weeds about the plot we can bring out because it does it because, because it, it doesn't really matter it's no. not you know but it is about it's a space western a sci-fi space western where the main character who is played by Corey mcabee mm-hmm. uh, the main character's name is samuel curtis he is going to a place when the movie opens he's going to a place called the series crossroads which is essentially like a rough and tumble bar on an asteroid in an asteroid belt somewhere in the solar system yeah between mars and jupiter between mars and jupiter yes absolutely so he lands there and essentially he doesn't know this but a an old teacher mentor buddy friend ish yeah something named uh, an individual named professor hess is chasing him in order to ultimately kill him We'll talk about the complications of that. It's the it's rules very of this strange. movie
0: are really strange and yeah, just they're fun.
1: But he shows up there and he's bringing a cat. He's delivering a cat to someone right. at this bar, and then when he delivers the cat, the individual, the other guy, gives him in return a quote real live girl
0: in a in, in, in a, box, a suitcase in a
1: suitcase.
0: So it's some sort of cloned individual or something like the bartenders yeah cloned this real life girl from yeah. himself and they're like people don't need to know that because he's not a remarkably like yeah attractive person
1: and this brings us uh, this brings us to another conceit of this universe which is that the genders are binary there are men and women and they are uh, marooned on different planets Right. Right. So men are from Mars. Yes. Women
0: are from Venus. Exactly.
1: And so this real live girl in a suitcase, right, or what will grow into a real live girl is incredibly precious in this only men world. And And not only that, but there are he goes to Mars. Is it Mars that he goes to? Uh, where he the, goes The workers. There's a lot of workers. Yeah, it's this like mining rem- colony sort of thing. I don't remember, but it yeah. would make
0: sense. Yeah. The old men are from Mars, women are... Like, that's, yeah, and so it, there,
1: there are all these... It's this dystopian thing where all these workers are, and their only entertainment is to hear tales about women in, from men yeah. who have experienced women in but some ways. Specifically. But specifically...
0: <laughs> They yeah. There's a boy yes. who is now 16. Yes. Who once saw yes. a
1: woman's breast, and they refer to him in the film as the boy who actually saw a woman's breasts. Yeah. Yes. That's his name, and he gets up on stage and does this kind of song and dance he sort of thing. This performative. Dances, yeah. And then at the end he goes, "It was soft and round," and then, and then, he, then he, walks he walks off.
0: <laughs> That's his purpose. <laughs> yeah. And that that in turn is supposed to (laughs) motivate
1: the... That motivates the workers. Yeah. yeah. So having this real live girl in a suitcase
0: makes sense. And the boys dress like... uh, It's like a Roman sort of... Cleopatra and Thor at the same time. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so the plot unfolds that uh, Samuel Curtis, this sort of rough and tumble space western sort of Han Solo-y type, uh, ends up stealing the boy or helping Um, him escape. Something like that. No, bo- he he, oh, he trades, trades the boy the,
0: for yes. the suitcase. So
1: yes, so he gives the suitcase with the real live girl in order to get the boy right. who saw a woman's
0: breast. So the women yeah. on Venus, um, <laughs> they basically have yeah. a stud male. They have one male. There. Um, that they, yeah. they all, yes. uh, uh they, they treat him very well until right. the day he dies. Yes. But he. His purpose is to, is populate, to populate women, yeah, and exactly. I guess they send the the boys off to Mars or something, right? Something, I suppose. And it the short answer is, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. And their yeah. stud, their he's yeah. now an old man. Yes, yeah. just died. Just died. Um, so they I need. Pretty, go, he had a name too. I so don't like, know. And they need a boy. They need a boy, so like Sam has been. He's a he's a Han Solo type, right? Mm -hmm. He's like he's got oh he's got a new job. He's gonna go do his job. Yeah, it's like it's like the (laughs) you know or or or, you know Firefly or any of these types of sure you know characters. Yeah, space western. And uh, so his job is to go get the boy, Mm -hmm. trade the boy for the girl in the suitcase. Yep, and then take the boy to and make a a trade for Venus for a lot of money. Yes and and
1: while he is doing this professor hess is, is trying him. to chase him down and um, kill him. And kill him. Do we want to talk about that now? Because there's yeah, a weird. We might as well. We might mean, as well. There's no. no
0: structure to this nonsense. No,
1: exactly. So, the thing with Professor Hess is apparently they knew each other previously in Sam's life. Right. And Professor Hess has a grudge against Sam, right. apparently. Now, the deal with Professor Hess is that he is completely evil, I suppose. I suppose. And so he, he kills everyone indiscriminately for no reason. No reason. And because he has to kill people for no reason, if he, he has a reason, to if kill he you. he has a reason, he cannot. He cannot. So he wants to chase down Sam to forgive him so that he can kill him. Yeah. So that there's no problem anymore and now I can and kill Sam you. And Sam is
0: always giving him a reason to yes. not be forgiven. <laughs> And that's how he survives. <laughs> okay, but everyone around him is he, di- everyone yes. he interacts with is dying because he because Professor has kills them. Yeah, he, you know, he, there's no reason for him for them to die. Therefore, yes. they're being killed. So this is a very surrealist. Very. Even just describing the plot. Yeah, I'm sure it's you're sat, going it's satire, what? right? Yeah. Um, I saw one article that uh, referred to it as like Dada art. Oh, interesting. Um, which okay. I didn't know what Dada art mm-hmm. was. Yeah, um, but it's a type of um, art that kind of sprung from like World War One. Yeah, that was very sat- satirical yeah. and uh, silly, and I-, I think it was probably like a reaction to like Just terrible horrors terror. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, interesting
1: I, i've heard of dada as the art but i don't know much about it
0: yeah so this yeah. so this movie starts with professor hess narrating right oh yeah it does yeah, yeah, and, yeah and they're in this bar the first bar scene where he goes to the bathroom and the guys sing yeah. and dance and yeah he goes up and this is where the whole story starts where yeah. he meets the guy that sends him on the mission to do the thing yep professor hess is there mm-hmm. it's as if sam doesn't see him or notice him yeah but true. Per, but Professor Hess the entire time is out loud narrating everything that's happening for the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's just really it's odd. Very bizarre. Yeah. So that's that's your introduction to his
1: character. Yeah. And so let, let me just you know, as long as we're talking about the sort of surrealism of this film, some of the dialogue is just so wild. Yeah. It's just so non sequitur Yeah. It's like no one would say that in response to that thing. Yeah. There's one of the first lines where this happens is um, he lands. Outside of uh series crossroads, the bar at the beginning, he has this cat called that he's calling Monkey Puss at the time, yeah. Uh, and so, n- nonetheless, he lands with the cat and he's sitting outside of the bar in his spaceship. So, he's gonna have to suit up to bounce across the you know, um, and that terrain. The, that shot's actually really impressive, it's really me. cool, yeah. yeah, him entering the bar. But before he leaves his own spaceship, he radios to the bar and says, He, he says something like, Hey, uh, I just landed out here, and then the person in the bar goes, "I know, we <laughs> saw it," <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it's like, what is the point of that? Like, what is the purpose yeah. of that? Right. And so, this movie is always making you ask that question: like, why yeah. would the person who made this film have chosen that right. as a screenplay, as a as a writing choice, just
0: because it evokes some weird feeling? I think. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Once he once he is uh, once he's inside the bar, another example of this, it's before he gets sung to in the bathroom. He says he's made the trade for the real live girl, and he says, do you mind if I use your bathroom? And the guy goes, sure, it's a real toilet, so be careful. <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then he goes in, and once he goes in, two thugs, essentially, these are sort of like goons or something, right? Yeah. They come into the bathroom, and you think that they're going to rough him up, and then what they do is they set up a record player, a turntable, mm-hmm. Put music on, and then start stomping and singing and singing and doing a dance outside of the stall
0: where he is pooping. And this whole time, he's sitting on the toilet, and he's kind of yeah. like, he'll kind of stand up every now and then and look around, but yeah. then sit back down. Like, yeah. Yeah. like he just takes it, yes, right. And then at the end of the dance, yeah. they take a Polaroid of him over, <laughs> and he's like, "What the, yeah. you know?" And he yeah. chases them out. And like, it, it turns out like. A buddy of his sent uh-huh. them in there, and yeah. like it's just, it's all just about moment to moment feeling. Yes, it's it's like a fever dream. It is like um, a fever dream. It's very
1: surreal. Yeah. I mean, surrealist is the word. There is yeah. no connection between these things. It is like something you would dream.
0: Yeah, but I do think you could probably like make some large statements about. You could, you know, yeah. But I don't think, like, you can, but, like, in, in a David Lynch kind of way. Exactly. Where David Lynch, when he's making a movie, and we got to do a David Lynch of, episode. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, when he's making a movie, he's, like, or, or even working on Twin Peaks, there's this yeah. whole sequence in Twin Peaks where it's, like, this guy shows up in a scene at the end of a, like, in a bedroom at, at the foot of a bed, yeah, and it's startling. Yeah. And the reason he's in there is because David Lynch liked the look of the sound guy's face, and he's, like... Uh. That would be startling to see somebody. And then it's like, that's the meaning of it. That's it. Is to feel that feeling. And so, uh, The American Astronaut, very much... I mean,
1: we've looked at elements of stories or artists where they are saying something. So, Jordan Peele, for example. When we talked about Jordan Peele, when you watch Get Out, it's clear what is being said. When you take away messages from Get Out about race and about class in America those things are you are discovering those meanings in yeah. the in the piece of art <clears throat> they are sort of there whereas the american astronaut is one of these films where as you were saying we could make larger points about it but are we discovering that the movie is telling us those things or are we projecting those onto this movie right. that becomes really unclear for me sure. uh, is this is the film actually saying some of these things or am i just does it have a meaning about gender because right. men and women are different or am I just but, uh, yeah, projecting and, onto the art?
0: Yeah. And in the same way, you could. What was Picasso really trying to say yeah. with yeah. this painting? It's yeah. like he's yeah. just trying to evoke something. It's, it, yeah. It's evoking. Like the art is what you throw yeah. onto it. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially in like larger kind of like uh, mass kind of market yeah. movies, yeah. like that's not what the point is. No, no, no. You, you know? don't want that. I no. mean, that can be alienating
1: for audiences. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to bring up was a segment early on in the film when they're in the bar and they're planning to have a dance contest but it's before the dance contest but
0: that dance contest <laughs> track the yeah, song yeah. yeah
1: it's a bop oh yeah there's some bop there's some good music in this yeah. in this movie but there's a section before the dance contest happens where they're in this bar and this very old character it's an old character actor who yeah is playing this weird bar fly and he gets up and does He's kind
0: of he's kind of the MC. yeah he's kind of a stand-up com- comedian yeah he does yeah. some
1: stand-up comedy essentially and that to me in this scene he starts it with this joke that he has told to sam at the bar which is, is it i thought was really good it right he turns over to he turns to sam when he's sitting at the bar and he says is it just me or did my balls itch
0: <laughs> and sam says i think it's just you i think it's just you he's like he said oh good <laughs> oh good i was afraid my balls itched
1: <laughs> Which is very good. Which is the only
0: funny thing that he says. Yeah. And it gets no laugh when he no. tells it. And then he gets up on stage. Yeah. And then he says the the same joke yeah. again. Yeah. And then after that, he goes into this entire yeah. w- joke of uh, Hertz Donut joke. Yeah. Where it's like it's kind of weird and tragic and yeah. th- somebody going through their life like causing pain to people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. And like the whole time, like the crowd is just cackling and, and it, laughter as
1: it gets darker and less funny the crowd starts laughing harder and, and, it, and,
0: and the comedian it
1: looks troubled. It look He has a troubled look on his face, which adds to this dreamlike, bizarre, and yeah. kind of tense scene. Yeah, no, because absolutely. Because laughter out of place is very strange, yeah. and it uses that to its advantage in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. The, the the As you were saying, the comedian looks concerned, and as his joke gets darker and darker, people are laughing more and more. Right. And then at the end of it, he finishes the joke, which ends on some down note, and then he goes... I've never really understood that joke. And
0: then he says, "But then again, I've never been to Earth." Then again, I've never been to <laughs> Earth. <laughs> so you're like, what? On I mean, Earth. He's I, I it's that so feels that feels like he's saying something though. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um and that's the, that's kind of the beauty of a lot of surrealist art is yeah. it feels like they're saying something, like, but the meaning is just not crystallized. Yeah, And
0: that that specifically doesn't I feel like he's saying something very specific, uh-huh. but he's not worried about He's not letting we, you yeah. know. He's not worried about whether it's you the David, get it or not. It's the David Lynch. Well, and I yeah. almost feel like a yeah. lot of times with somebody like David Lynch, it's more yeah. of a let's evoke something and less of a, this yeah. is exactly what I'm trying to say. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when David uh-huh. Lynch is asked what something means, yeah. his response is no. Yeah. You know? like no, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah.
1: And I don't know if Corey Maccabee's the same way. I didn't listen to a ton of no. interviews. Well, there's I not watched, a ton. There's, I mean, yeah. there are some. There are some. But he's not a huge, well-known creator. Like, he's no. out there. But he's not an enormous sort of yeah. star or anything like that.
0: He's gained a monster fan, though. Oh, like, I'm I'm going to eat up he's, his stuff. He is fantastic.
1: Yeah. So there's there are some other elements to this. I don't want to beat too much into specific scenes or moments, uh, f- just for people who haven't heard it. I what don't about wanna... what about dry shaving? Dry shaving. Yes, he the dry first shaves. Thing that the happens.
0: He shaves his face with just nothing but a razor. That
1: is an incredibly low tech way to make it feel like a desolate space adventure
0: it was difficult to walk. like Yeah, I think anybody can like whether you're shaving your legs or your face like sure. y'all don't do don't do that yeah <laughs> it's yeah. awful no it,
1: it looks it looks like it hurts yeah another another feature of this that comes into play is Professor Hess who is the voiceover, the narrator and also the villain of it two things about him number one he keeps insisting that it's his birthday and then he yeah. wants people to sing happy birthday to him yeah. uh, and then you know there's one there's one thing where he's on the he's on the radio with Sam the, the main character and he says why aren't you going to sing happy birthday to me and then sam says because uh, i don't like the song i don't and, like the song. and yet. then professor Hess goes ha you're so square you're so it's square <laughs> just such it's a so... such a non sequitur just these little moments yeah. of feeling
0: and then they get off the phone yeah. and, and the and the boy is sitting next to sam and in, in the cockpit and he's like um you know asking him who he is and yeah. that's when you kind of learn about the whole thing yeah. about you know killing without killing without a reason, a reason. yeah and then, he, and then he says, do you like him? And Sam takes a second, yeah. and then he grins and he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so yeah. weird. And they
1: have him and Professor Hess also have back and forths about like where Professor Hess says it's about them kissing. And like Professor yeah. Hess says, I never said I'd kiss you. I never said that. You just want me to kiss you. And then yeah. Sam says, not really or something. It's just these very strange back and forths that play with an ambiguous relationship between these two. You don't know what it is throughout the entire film.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I did write down a note about the birthday boy. Sure. It, it's in that scene where where yeah. the, the boy is asking about Pref, Professor Hess and who yeah. he is and mm-hmm. Sam says, "He's a birthday boy. He's a he kills without reason." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great line
1: it's great he's a birthday boy um yeah. yeah so let's talk let's let's zoom out a little bit and talk about Corey Maccabee should we do that
0: yeah uh, well before we do that there's yeah. one more character in the movie i want to talk about yeah definitely and it's in the barn okay so part of the plot is while they're on the way to venus they see this barn floating outer space yeah they go into the barn and first of all from a i'm a i'm a sound designer composer yeah. mm-hmm. and i Design the soundscape of features, and I've done that several times now. And the first thing you hear when he's in the bar is creaking wood, and it feels, for me, so wrong. Okay. Um, I don't feel like there should be wood in outer space. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Like, you you know, yeah. if you're building in outer space, you're going to mine. Yeah, rock you're going to have yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. And wood is like from trees. <laughs> pulled yeah all the way from earth to some <laughs> random astro you know like <laughs> yeah so like all sure. these things all these things i think part of that is just the low budget which we'll talk about later yeah and part of it i think is just this weird juxta- juxtaposition of things yeah. but they go to this barn and it's this creaky barn it's not on a it's just a floating barn <laughs> just a right? floating barn and uh yeah. there's this i guess family that lives there that were miners and they yeah. decided to build this barn and shoot it up into the outer space and they've been there and they wrote <laughs> they raised this child right so uh-huh. there's this child who's just wacky wild child because yeah ollie's ever he, he was brought up on eating uh oh what something in candy bars yeah 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 which is <clears throat> my first thought was like how do they get food i'm like oh sh- shut up idiot like doesn't yeah. matter yeah they've yeah, got he, all he's ever eaten is chocolate it's right? not about that yeah uh-huh. um and he's this w- weird smelly gross 16 year old boy that yeah. wears this rubber body suit and he's really <laughs> dirty yeah. and they it actually lines up with the plot because at the end you know like they give venus him instead of the the other boy and <laughs> uh-huh. then and then sam raises the other boy as his own or whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. and, and that's all um, but do you know who the, the boy the boy is in the barn? No, I didn't come across that. That's James that. Ransone. Do you okay. know who that is? Uh-uh. James Ransone, he was one of the leads in the first movie I ever worked on, Family Blood. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's the vampire in Family Blood. Oh, cool. And he plays one of the uh, adults oh, in man. It Chapter 2. So you got a direct line to American yeah. Astronaut here. That's and, fun. But what was so great about that yeah, yeah. is that watching it it feels like you're watching something that was shot on film in the 60s. Uh-huh, yeah. And w- however they shot it, composed it, lit it, yeah. it was the same way. Yeah. To where it feels like you're watching a Twilight Zone episode. episode. Yes. Not yes. not in a sense of tone and feel. No, no. Yeah. Just the physical production, production yes. of it feels.
1: I absolutely yeah. have. I have that in my notes. I was. I, I wrote down like something about the way that they use the low-budget... And the visual, just the images and the quality that they come up with, gives me a Twilight Zone vibe, and I'm yeah. sure that's affected by the fact that it's a sci-fi sure. theme. Uh, but at the same time, it's very yeah. So Twilight al- Zone-y. also,
0: like if if you're this is just from like a craft perspective, if you're making something in black and white, I mean, have you ever taken a picture? Mm-hmm. I do this all the time cuz I like black and white cuz I'm colorblind and it I feel more confident mm-hmm. with posting black and white stuff and yeah. I just like the aesthetic. Have you ever taken a picture of something that looks great in color and thrown a black and white filter on it and something just doesn't feel right? Sure. It's because of contrast. Yeah. Um and you don't think that way with color. Mm-hmm. I think that way with color more often. So a lot of times the things that I take photos of that I fine pleasing. Yeah. translate to black and white better. Uh-huh. because I've never trusted color. Mm-hmm. So, being red-green colorblind, I can see yellow yeah. how you see yellow. I can yeah. see blue how you see yellow blue. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust that that's yellow and blue. Yeah. yeah it could yeah. be, you know, green and purple. It could sure. be, but it's not. Yeah. But because of that, mm-hmm. I've never relied on it. Yes. And I see things more in I, I rely more on contrast than anything yes so like when i drive up to a str- uh, a light mm-hmm. the contrast of red and green red is a darker contrast yeah and i've said that to many people who yeah. co- are are normies yeah, 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 normal yeah. vision yeah. people and we don't notice and like they're like no it's like they're the same brightness they're Oh, like, right, like no right. no the red's darker than the green yeah 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 but you don't even though that maybe you you might be able to find your way to that, mm-hmm. that's not where your head goes. Definitely, right? no, it's not. Um,
1: yeah. My and that's all I have. to That's realize. what you have. That's the distinction. That's the informational distinction that your eyes can pick up to distinguish yeah. the two. contrast.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so the way they used to light things when they could only shoot in black and white. Uh uh-huh. If you were to see a colorized version of it. Yeah. It would look wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just learned how black and white and contrast and colors translated, right? (laughs) Um, to where like something that's supposed to be blood mm-hmm. could have been just some random color that looks good in black and white. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't definitely. matter what color it is. No, as long course. as it looks. It's about the contrast. The, the right contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think part of it is that the way that they shot this movie yeah. was directly in line with how they used to have to do it. I gotcha. So okay. the the contrasts are very hard. The lights yes. are the the light is very hard and their drop off is very distinct.
1: Yes, and so that that it brings me to a point that I want to say the um, part of the visual presentation of this makes me sort of want to call it a noir uh, sure. because it's very it's those shadows high contrast yeah. heavy shadow stuff like that um and as you said the drop off is big yeah. so if something's happening in a shadow you just can't see it a lot of negative space yes exactly and
0: really creative ways to build scenes like there's yeah. the scene where they're actually trading the 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 suitcase of the 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 small girl in it yes but you never see it's no. It, it's you very don't see it doesn't yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. You know it's a single take. Yeah. They walk into the room, they walk past the camera <laughs> yeah. and then you see yeah. their shadows doing the talk. You see their shadows But the back, suitcase like... is right in front of the camera yep. and then they leave. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it's just Yeah. You know and part of that from like a very s- low production mm-hmm. that might have been the best looking wall. How do we do True. this that to where if you're shooting coverage True. in a room where with a bunch of boring walls, this is more yeah. interesting. visually and and it leaves some
1: i mean this is part of what is so well done with this movie being at a lower budget is he knows or the team knew how to ensure that your imagination does a lot of the work so they know what they should try to portray and what they should try to just communicate by not portraying it and that's kind of what they're doing in that scene where you don't even see the actors um you just see their shadows throughout that dialogue and that back and forth it's very very smart all right you want to you want to take a break right there listen to something listen to a little commercial i keep calling these commercials these are spots for other other cool podcasts i don't i don't like referring to them as commercials because commercial feels it feels gross it feels commercial commercial like
0: oh i'm gonna go watch a commercial
1: nobody's nobody's trying to scam your money away from you no from these they're just trying to give you some cool stuff to listen to
0: I don't know, maybe eventually.
1: I mean, maybe. Like, I'll, I'll scam you. Like, don't yeah. turn your back. But, like, at yeah. the same time, these are just... <laughs> Check this out. Hi, I'm Liam Hooper. And I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast pretty much anywhere you listen
0: to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. And we're
1: back. And we're back. So we were about to start talking about Corey McAbee
0: before we took that break. McElby? Yeah, Corey McElby. Hey, is he... Hey, question. Question. Is he related to Macklemore? (laughs) You think?
1: I think so. I think that's how names work. Probably. So Corey McElby was the writer, director and star of The American Astronaut. And composer so, with his And band. composer, yes, yeah. The Billy Nair Show. So I think it's safe to say he's the creative force behind this thing. Yeah. Uh, all, all creative projects are collaborations. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. But in this case, we have one strong voice. Yeah. That is, and one strong vision. So... I didn't know anything. I knew about the American astronaut. I didn't really know much of anything about Corey McAbee before we started this. I knew that it was a band was involved with the movie, and I knew that the star was the writer and director, but I didn't know anything else about him other than this movie. Did Mm -hmm. you, uh, what did you come on, come upon that was interesting with regard to him and his work um, outside of just the American astronaut? Or Uh are there any things you think are interesting of him as a creator because of this film?
0: Really, I've only seen the American astronaut. I've I've seen yeah. bits and pieces now of his other features and his other shorts. Sure, but there does seem to be a through line of aesthetic uh-huh. that I yeah admire and think is pretty cool. Yep. I don't know. I think for me, I mean, I think the thing about this that makes it interesting is yeah. that like he's utilizing so many things to like. So for me, when I decided to write my first feature, uh huh, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just writing a movie like i wanted to make sure i'm sharpening all the tools that i want to sharpen Uh right yeah so like the movie i wrote has has to have certain songs written has to have a score in place that plays with the visual yeah um because those are the things that i'm most interested in and if i'm going to spend so much time on writing and developing and hopefully making a feature I want all of those things to be present, yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And this guy just straight up does all of that. Like, I don't want to act in a movie. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't have that. Sure, but for him, it's like he's almost. We've talked about auteurs a lot, yeah, and auteur and filmmaking and making a movie. Mm-hmm. This guy just feels like what I think of what I think an auteur might actually be, yeah, um, yeah. which is just an artist who takes. every every piece of art he knows how to yeah, kind of do and make a thing with it.
1: So I th- I think what I hear you saying in that comment I'm is, not
0: very I'm very inarticulate. Well,
1: no, I think I think what you're gesturing toward is we often we maybe we overuse the term auteur sure. to mean someone who does just multiple roles. Yeah, in a guy creating that, a film. He wrote this movie. He, he wrote he it also directed and it. he directed it. Yeah. yeah, and to some extent, I think that's fine. Sure. Right, we talked about this on our Greta Gerwig episode, right? Yeah, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, right? something yeah. like that. But He definitely has more of a hand in more pieces of making this. And I'm sure some of that is just out of necessity because he doesn't have the budget. But he definitely has more of a handle on the voice of this quote-unquote movie as an artistic piece than does, you know, Ari Aster or something like that.
0: And I I had trouble looking finding the budget for this movie. Uh It didn't make very much money, obviously. Sure. Um, This is the type of movie that, like... I think it's it's worth is is more so how it's criticized yeah um, than anything yeah um, and some movies are made with that in mind like they mm-hmm. like some even studios will make a movie knowing that like, this probably won't make a lot of money but it will it will have artistic artistic worth yeah but all that being said first of all if if we were to make a movie like this in 2020 yeah you could do it much cheaper than he did it yeah so like there's the shot of him bouncing. And there's all this negative just space above him. It's a wide shot, and he just slowly kind of yeah. bouncing across the frame yeah. to the bar. It's him doing a space yeah. walk, basically. I'm not sure how, the, how. I don't know if that would just slow down. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But shooting on film, which this movie was shot on 35 millimeter film, I uh-huh. think. Yeah. Um, it's the the 16 millimeter. The way you can tell a lot of times is first film grain, but also 16 millimeter film. Yeah. Um, unless you're shooting like anamorphic or something Mm -hmm. is uh, narrower it looks more like an old school tv gotcha uh, or an old school as in the 90s than than a white frame whereas 35 is wider yeah but i think they shot this on 35 okay it's very expensive to shoot on film Mm -hmm. regardless yeah um so like when you when you're talking about lower budget movies Mm -hmm. if you're shooting that on film like most of their budget probably went to that and like props and wardrobe and shooting that scene on film like uh-huh. in 2001 i don't know what compositing looked like uh-huh. so like so like for example now if i were to do that i would shoot him jumping bouncing on a green screen yeah and i would composite that on a wider shot sure. and then in the frame because it's a still image you can kind of comp- composite the bar there yes you could put some stars in this you could do yeah. all this stuff yep, and yep, and, yep. Pu- and basically piece this <clears throat> thing together yep. as a wider angle but when you're shooting on film, uh-huh. you—they shot that yeah. unless in. 2000 there was a way to mm-hmm. I, I just don't know like yeah. i'm i'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of technically yeah. dumb when it comes to like i know what's capable what's possible now but yeah. 20 years ago i don't know hard to say so like it wasn't a no budget thing like he yeah, had no. to raise yeah and some of the money. just
1: some of the interior shots and some of the sets set pieces in this movie yeah you know there's one in a big auditorium you have that scene with all the workers like yeah. all those people are involved not necessarily getting paid it you know but uh, all those people are involved a lot of big interior spaces, things like that. I mean, that stuff's not free or cheap necessarily. So this is not a a tiny, tiny budget thing. But I think you talking about that... Is is interesting, and I wonder if because you're saying nowadays you could do a composite shot, you could put some stars in the sky, you give it a real space feel. I wonder if that would be self defeating, right? That sure. that yeah. would be a weaker shot. Yeah, uh, it would be more technically right. impressive.
0: Um, the lack of resources, yes, in turn makes you more resource res, re, yes. re, re, resource resourceful. Yeah, makes for, you more creative. Yeah, you have to you have to come up with creative
1: problem solvings uh, or creative ways to solve problems, and beyond that. It
0: sort of the limitations determine the aesthetics that are possible for you. Sure. And I think one side of me is like I could make a movie like that right now for <laughs> with my friends for almost nothing. Yes. But you have to do so much more work in the prep to decide the aesthetic. Yeah. Like you get to choose like yes. w- what the lights look like. That's and, a great point. And that's hard. Yeah. Instead of just using what you're you belt. have to do yeah. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have to make it work. And I think that is one of the things about this film that when I watch it and then I read about Corey McAbee I go of course he's a visual artist of course he is yeah these are all it's not only about yes he's sort of a surrealist and he's just trying to evoke in a lot of this stuff and he's not necessarily concerned about narrative first it's very emotionally evocative beyond that he's very good at understanding what the limitations are and working with that and yep. making something within that frame mm-hmm. that is sort of expertly crafted. I mean, it's very good.
0: It's like, very good. It's really well it done. It really is.
1: So let me let me talk about did you listen to any of his band, The Billy Nayer show? Beyond um, the uh,
0: I found one song on Spotify. Okay. Um yeah. but other than that, like just, just what's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually a really I mean it's it's good. Yeah. it's kind of what they sound like yeah it is <laughs> yeah. it is
1: uh i've i've watched some live youtube performances oh, nice. which are very interesting and he plays he's the singer obviously mm-hmm. and he plays what is that thing where it's like you strum across i'm doing a visual thing that the yeah. listeners can't hear but it's like there are buttons and you strum across it and it's got like a million strings what yeah, is that thing called like, like the, um,
0: the june carter thing
1: <laughs> yeah the june carter thing what, yeah. what what is that instrument called
0: uh it's probably like a some type of harp uh-huh. or something um, Keyed harp or something, yeah, something
1: along those lines. Uh, auto harp, maybe. Auto harp. Does that sound right? right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he plays Automatic, one of those. Yeah. He plays one of those, but he plays it distorted, so it gives you like this rock does. and roll sound. That's great. And he's wearing a cowboy hat, and he's
0: like singing songs. And so, it's just yeah. <laughs> it's And in the movie, so I think the the. Yeah. the the cowboy that, like, they, they do this, like, kind of James yes. Bond circle with very, yes. like, black and white contrast. That's him okay. doing those things. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah. Some of the dancing is so fantastic in this. It's just so wild and, like, yeah. theatrical
0: almost. Yeah. So he has a background in theater. Okay. Makes um, perfect sense. Of yeah, course he does. So he kind of started there.
1: Uh, he also, to talk about him outside of just the context of this, um, the Billy Nayer show. Is a band, but also he has described it for a long time as not just being a band. Right. Uh, so he, I found a quote from him that says, uh, "The Billy Nair show calls themselves a quote creative think tank that launches multiple projects in a diverse array of media." When I read that quote, the first thing I thought of was, "This is what Tom DeLong wanted Angels and Airwaves to be." Yeah. This is the same type of mentality. We're going to be creative in this in this multiple angled multifaceted yeah. project or projects and they're all
0: going to be interrelated
1: and there's not going to be just one thing right right
0: you know and uh i recently worked on a documentary mm-hmm. <coughs> for a buddy of mine who uh he he'd been working on it for like six to eight years i think um but it's a it's a documentary about the elephant uh, six recording company do you know much about elephant six no i know the name so it was founded in the 90s and went through the early 2000s, and there are a few different spots in the country that these bands existed. One of them was Athens, Georgia, oh, and yeah. one of them was Denver, and there's like these different hubs of these movements of bands. Yeah. And the bands were pop rock. Was it sort of like a college rock Type of thing, like an REM sort of, not not like that. No, it was uh, there's psychedelic rock, pop rock. It mm-hmm. was more. Have you ever heard of the Apples in Stereo? I've heard of the name, but I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course. Those are these bands. Gotcha. From Athens, and yeah. They, they're yeah. all of these people are basically like. I think it was like a thing where Athens was super cheap to yeah. live, so yeah, all yeah. Of these people are. It's kind of what people are doing with parts of Detroit now. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they're just taking up these. Where Artists. all these people are moving from all over and living yeah. in these houses. Yeah. Starting this label called the neutral or neutral starting. The, Elf the Elephant Six. Six. Um and uh like Kay. Olivia Tremor Tremor Control is one of those bands of Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. all those bands, Elf Power. Sure. And the the sound, aesthetic, and feel of those bands is very similar. It's it's as if it, it's kind of like uh the billionaire show without the rockabilly yeah so like yeah. there is like a certain like pop element yeah but pop in this not in the sense of popularity but in the sense yeah. of like no, the aesthetic the aesthetic yeah. and the the melodies and mm-hmm. like if you watch the apples and stereo they're not this super popular band they're very mm-hmm. underground but, but they're like, making pop the genre but, yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah and i found it interesting when i was kind of doing my research that like these and there are bands with the Elephant Six mm-hmm. who are much more interested in the multi multimedia. multimedia. Yeah. So all yeah. these people were visual artists, yeah. filmmakers, yeah. and and all of this is happening yeah. at the same time, roughly yeah. as uh, ah. Corey Maccabee. Yeah, you know, in, and yeah. in, in the same, he's in Nevada, yeah. and they're in Colorado, yeah, yeah. and then they're in Georgia, and yeah. this is all happening at the same time. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. Do you know if he had any contact with any of those people or anything? I mean, it's very cool to me. This notion, and I'm not really this type of artist uh, yeah. when I create stuff, but it's very interesting to me. Folks who want to do things like that, where it's very much about, it's not about the particular medium, right. it's not about building one particular brand. It's almost, it feels to me, my just my brief exposure with Corey Maccabee's work, it feels to me more like he he just wants to do the thing. Yeah, he wants to try different stuff and do different things. It's not like he's going he's going a hundred miles an hour just at Corey Maccabee the director yeah. you know what i mean he's gonna take a break from that he's a jack of all trades he's gonna sure. do a lot of different stuff and it sort of coalesces into this creative little nebula which is super very cool yeah and um, I,
0: I think we do as artists like if yeah. i ever feel like i'm not just focusing on trying to be like a film composer that yeah. i'm off track yes you know and I, yes. that's That's not how I want to feel. And that's
1: that's interesting. I mean, this is off the cuff. I don't have this in my notes, but I wonder the extent to which that is an influence that is an influence of our sort of culture around work in the US. Yeah. Because I mean ultimately what you are told by the culture is that you need to be in order to do what you want to do, you need to create a brand, right? You have to be an entrepreneur about yourself. Yeah. You have to treat yourself as if it's a little tiny corporation that you have to promote and whatever. And yeah. so if you are off-brand, then that's at, at best, that's time wasted, not building right. your core CV or resume or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy does not follow those rules. No. He's like, you know what? I'm going to, yeah, let's do a thing. I found it. I found it. I found a a video of him, and I don't know where this was. He had made several little YouTube videos where it's him filmed against a white wall that looks like it's outside in, like, a little, like, against a garage or something. And there was one where he comes out, and he's got a little microphone. And it's just, he's just dressed normal. He's not in a costume or anything. And he, this beat plays in the background, this little, like, Casio keyboards type. And then he starts rapping, or not rapping, just saying in rhythm, the various groupings of animals the names of groupings of animals and when he says a particular animal a little icon shows up on the white wall behind him yeah. uh, that they put it in and post but it's him being like a murder of crows a pride of lions a blah and he mm-hmm. does and it's like three minutes of him just that just the names of groupings of animals and yeah. he's kind of moving along and he's like reading them off of a piece of paper and it's like what is that piece yeah <laughs> has made this and it was recent this was like a couple years ago he has made this and released it into the world as a piece of art right what the hell is that you know what i mean that's weird and it's it's weird and it also fits fits with him it fits and it makes sense He created, in 2012, he created something that was an internet, he called it an international arts collaborative called Captain Ahab's Motorcycle Club. Did you come across
0: this? Very briefly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to the extent to which this is anything outside of him just giving a name to something, I'm not sure Right. But this is this is the summary. In 2012, Corey McAbee began the International Arts Collaborative Captain Ahab's Motorcycle Club with the intention of producing elements for a feature film. The film that has been produced is called Deep Astronomy and the Romantic Sciences. Yeah. Um, And so that's his latest film, which I guess is done and is now in post-production. Yes. I believe. Mm -hmm. And here's a little snippet uh, summary of what that is going to look like. In our story, a young man tries to amuse his friends by having a conversation with a robot that is seated alone at a bar. The conversation quickly becomes personal as he discovers her primary function to represent humanity based on a generalization created from all social media and wireless communications. To verify her calculations, she needs to participate in an impromptu conversation with a human, after which she will be launched into space as the immortal spokesperson of humanity. The young man realizes that he is being put on trial for the superficiality of his times. To prove she is wrong he must first convince himself
0: and i think there's tons of room for nonsense in there yeah but that's very pointed it is yeah yeah it's very pointed and it's very much in the aesthetic
1: of the american astronaut it's Mm -hmm. very much this sort of lo-fi space story so i don't know i think he's he's an interesting creator he some things that he's done with this deep astronomy thing i'm not really sure what that's going to look like i saw i watched clips of him giving what he would call lectures it's him in front of an audience with a with a uh, screen behind him with some words on it and it's him talking about it's not stand-up comedy it's almost like performance art it's not yeah. funny but it's him talking about these space related themes as they re- <laughs> as they relate to sort of human experience and stuff yeah. like that so i don't know I don't, I don't know how to classify him and i think that's great yeah i'm glad no, that i don't know no, how to classify i, I him. completely agree so you got anything else to say about the american astronaut itself I want to watch it again. You want to watch it again? Yeah, I do. Because yeah. Lot- it's
0: just not about what happens. No, it's not. You know? uh uh-uh.
1: It's something that I think after you've seen it once, after you've sat and watched it, you could kind of put it on in the background and get some of the feel happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just jam to the music. Just jam to it. Yeah. yeah. The music in it is very good. It's eclectic. How would you describe... Their, I mean, you did this a little bit, but how would you describe their music as it shows up in the American
0: Astronaut, the Billy Neyar music? In yeah, there? it's it's a pop rock, some rockabilly, yep. some punk rock. Sort of. Sort yeah, of. Kinda. In the dance competition. Yeah, true. Even in just the way that they're playing. Yeah. Um, does feel very kind of yeah. punk rock. Yeah.
1: There are parts of it that are electronic. Like mm-hmm. toward the beginning, there's some uh, little electronic musical pieces and stuff. Yeah, he just seems like someone who is actively always trying to break down whatever sort of pigeonhole he might yeah. find his art in, and I think that's really cool. It's or just
0: not- just using the things that he's interested in. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that we can that we can, and I mean this for anybody listening as well. You can sort of use that as an inspiration to sort of try to think against the grain of how you usually create
0: right if you're a creator make something new break out yeah. of
1: what you're used to in terms of what you make right and how you make it mm-hmm. um, and the inspir and the, the sort of uh inspirations that you're drawing on yeah well should we rate the american astronaut yeah okay I think so excellent do you want to go first uh you go first okay let me go first um i liked this film a whole lot it um there were a few parts that i felt were a little long for me um and by that i mean it just strained my attention a little bit and that's probably a failure of me more than of the film yeah that's Uh, your fault it's my fault but nonetheless i think Corey Maccabee's a very interesting character and it his whole vibe and aesthetic and and what appears to be his creative philosophy really encapsulates well into the american astronaut yeah so i am going to give the american astronaut a 7.8 out of 10 you know that's just i think it's good it's a good rating it's not yeah. like my favorite movie of all time sure but it's good it's interesting it was worth watching i'm glad we did it 7.8 out of 10 hey boy hey boy <laughs> that's what i'm gonna give it hey boys hey boys yeah you keep, you keep i know i keep giving the singular but it's yeah. fine uh, that's how the song goes so whatever yeah
0: 7.8 out of 10
1: hey boy hey boy yeah yeah that's all i want <laughs> that's all you want
0: I'm gonna rate it a little higher, okay? Um, because I think uh, it's funny because I actually wrote down, what was your? Did you say seven point eight? Seven point eight. It's so funny. I in my notes I put seven point eight down. <laughs> okay. But just in talking about it, yeah. and and kind of remembering the f- like the grin on my face while watching that movie, yeah, I'm gonna bump it up an entire point. Wow. I'm going eight point eight. Nice. Eight point eight. And I've tried to think, I was like, is it going to be 8.8 Hurt, hurts, hurt Donuts or Hurt Donuts? <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm going to go with yeah. uh, 8.8 Birthday Boys. Birthday Boys. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah.
1: very good. All right. So 7.8 and 8.8 respectively. The definitive take. Yeah. On the American so astronaut, so many people
0: are going to watch this movie and just not care. I know, and that's <laughs>
1: fine. But that's okay. you should you should go check out the American astronaut. It's weird. It's cool. It's it's worth watching. It's the best black and white comedy, western, sci fi, rockabilly, punk, surrealistic musical that you will watch this year. I do, uh, absolutely, I do promise you that. No, I agree. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. This is Common Creators Podcast. We're a dual production of Destination Nation Network here in Louisville, Kentucky, and also Rock Candy Podcasts out of Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, Go check out both of them. They're both... They're all filled with very good boys and girls who make very good podcasts for your little ears. Some and of you have big ears. Some of you got big old ears, man. We didn't want to bring it up, but yeah. let's let's. It's if, just a space. If for you were honesty. ever called
0: Dumbo though in high yeah. school, mm-hmm. that sucks. I'm sorry.
1: That does suck. It's, and maybe that's not why. Maybe you could fly. No, that's uh, what I meant. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, i what thought- were you doing? Oh, I don't know. I thought you. Uh, you Did know. Da- uh, yeah, I don't oh. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram at Common Creatives Podcast, or you can email us with your ideas uh, for what we should do episodes on in the future at Common creators Podcast at gmail.com. Reach out, slide into those DMs, let us know. What do you want us to talk about? We talked about the American astronaut, for God's sake. We'll talk about, probably, whatever it is that you want to hear about. Hey, hey, thanks, Steve, for giving us the push to watch this movie. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. It was worth it. But that's it, though. That's all That's That's the only thing you're getting a thank you for. No, Um, absolutely. Other than that, you're garbage. Okay, so... Thanks for listening Check out uh, all that stuff that I mentioned And in terms of Space Western rockabilly Hey boy, hey boy, birthday boys Who kill for no reason And have guns that turn people into sand Would you say that you concur, Doctor?
0: Damp sand, which makes sense Yeah, it does It Uh, would be damp Absolutely I do (laughs) Thank you for listening, D-N-N. To find out more, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.